Welcome into episode 27 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Kolath. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly trip through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Appreciate you joining us. Jeff, how are you this week? Doing all right. It is the first day of fall. I know we're recording a little early. The show will run Tuesday, but it's the first day of fall and it's 92 degrees. And it's it's very, very temperate here in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is up where you are. It's pretty warm here, too. Um, but I think we've got some, uh, we got some warm, uh, some hot tunes to play tonight. Um, this is going to be our second, uh, I guess, I don't know if t- tribute show counts, but... Uh, influence show we're, we're gonna we did back uh, episode eight we did the colonel bruce uh tribute and then uh we're we're gonna do tonight another group uh that is influential in the uh the form you know the formation formative years of widespread panic and that is uh bloodkin yeah it's pretty hard to imagine widespread panic existing the way that it does now and the way that it has in the past without uh, Danny Hutchins and Eric Carter, their influence, and especially their songs. I mean, the songs that they have written and contributed to the band and worked with the band on over the years, um, pretty indispensable to the catalog and obviously become some of the fan favorites. And it's pretty remarkable to me that, you know, I haven't listened to a ton of Bloodkin in, over the years, but they're inc- they're just incredible songwriters. And um, yeah. it's really surprising that they haven't started. They, they, they've maintained a strong underground following presence. They've always just been below the surface, but, you know, they're definitely one of those bands that, um, who has a, an incredible amount of respect from, from, from their fellow musicians, from obviously Panic to, you know, uh, drive-by truckers who spent a bunch of time in Athens and some of the other bands that have come through there too. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the, uh, there's pretty much, you know, five to six songs that they play, um, you know, in regular rotation that are, that are Bloodkin songs, which, um, I mean, I don't know that anybody else has that, you know what I mean? Like any other artist has that many, uh, covers in their catalog. No, I mean, definitely not. It's sort of, they've, they've kind of, you know, they're almost in some ways like the Robert Hunter, you know, John Barlow sort of a widespread mm-hmm. panic in some ways where they're not really, they're obviously their own thing and they're, you know, those guys were songwriters and obviously Hunter was a musician, but um, had his own stuff, but they're definitely, they're sort of, they're, they're, they're so intertwined with the band. It's hard to imagine them being wholly separate from them. And, you know, then, and, and, you know, they've opened for the band several times and, have they ever done sort of, they've never done sort of an extended tour together, have they? No, no. I mean, and they were, they sort of popped up in, you know, if you look at the different shows that they've opened and played with them, they've done some like sort of random shows, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, some stuff down, you know, Athens and Atlanta. Um, but then, you know, there was the, the show in, uh, in 2013 uh, out, out West. And um, so, yeah, no, but no, never any extended time together it's, it's interesting because i'm not sure what the the timeline was as far as um you know when these songs were written looking at when they they sort of debuted i'm just gonna take uh as an example who do you belong to and that was first played by panic in july of 93 um and then bloodkin doesn't r- release it 
as a as an album until um, Out of State Plates, which is released in 1999. So I mean, obviously it was you know that may not have been. It's just you just wonder if like they didn't you know how that how that worked back and forth whether it was almost written not for Panic but you know that Panic sort of owned it before before Blakin owned it. I want to just I'm going to read a uh, before we get into the music. Okay. I want to read a a quote that that JB had about uh, about Danny and Eric, um, and so it sort of speaks to um, to their influence. From the very beginnings of widespread panic to today and beyond, Bloodkin has been one of our greatest influences. Danny and Eric's music has a consistent blend of poetry, intestinal fortitude, and song craftsmanship that I envy. Uh, I can hope that, our ex- that their example sinks into my own approach to music. We can voyeuristically cover their songs during our sets, but ultimately it's best to listen to Bloodkin and surrender to what is coming at you. Pure intention in the form of music. Blakin's presence in and their approach to rock and roll or whatever you call it is as much of what makes up the backbone of the Athens music story as any other band that has come through this town. That's what Danny and Eric mean to me. So that's John Bell talking about their music. And I, I thought that was, that was a really cool description of, of their, uh, you know, the musical style and the lyrics. And then I thought, it was really neat that, that he uh, he called to the you know the intention, mm-hmm. uh, It's sort of all all coming back to you know Colonel Bruce and um, those guys definitely play play with intention. I mean, it's, they've been around. I mean, they've been around almost as long as Panic. I guess thirty. They started in eighty seven, I think. So you know, thirty years this year. Um, but they've known each other forever. I think they're childhood friends. Of, yeah, uh, they grew up in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's like playing playing on the sandbox together. Yeah, so that's it's amazing that they've stuck around each other as long as they have. That's that's a testament to their relationship. And obviously, you know, they've been through some tough times. Eric's Eric's had some issues with substance abuse and and, and such. And Danny's getting over uh, a, a stroke of some kind that he suffered last year. But you said they're they're getting they're gearing up for a show this fall. Yeah, I saw that they were playing at a at Smith Soul Bar in Atlanta in uh, in October. So um, that was good to see. Good. Um, so we're gonna get things going. Uh, we're gonna go at least the first section. We're gonna play some early, earlier cuts. So just looking at sort of the timeline uh, of the sort of the genesis of uh, Blinken and Panic together. Um, the very first performance of a Bloodkin song by widespread panic was april 1st 1991 at the georgia theater um which is also t lavitz's first show uh and then uh with white buffalo opening that was the first makes sense to me and also the first mercy and then uh the very next night is the first time first record at least in everyday companion of bloodkin opening so you know those those two shows um sort of important in the beginning of their relationship and then um the very first appearance by danny hutchins with panic is what we're going to play uh next which is new year's from 91 and then um we've got another another bit to play after that so um but first things first we'll go to uh the georgia theater on December 31st, 1991, and uh, the first time that uh, Danny Hutchins joins Widespread Panic on stage.
Alright, that was Widespread Panic with their good friend Danny Hutchins on New Year's Eve 1991 from the Georgia Theater with Makes Sense to Me. Followed up by a song, it was Widespread Panic, but billed as Bar Tab um, the, from the, really what was the last time that they played at the Georgia Theater until a, a show in 2011, that would be January 27th. 1994 with the wet trombone wet trombone blues um, easy for you to say. easy for me to say um, that is uh, with Danny on guitar and vocals and his his good partner in crime Eric Carter on on guitar so it's interesting to hear uh, an early version of makes sense to me like that and then um, wet trombone blues obviously not a a common uh, song for them to play um, this was the first wet trombone. Well, guys, did it again? Wet trombone blues. <laughs> um, but uh, one of one of just a few ever. It looks like one of just three, four ever, if you count the one they did acoustic on uh, in 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 Louisville in, in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a radio show, right? Yeah. Um, so um, we're going to move a little bit forward in time and. Um, to the year 2000 uh, in the summertime in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, and there was a, um, it was sort of, this was sort of like a, fa- you know, like a family thing, right? You had um, the Emma Gibbs band with David Blackman also appearing uh, and Bloodkin also appearing. So mm-hmm. you had a couple of their really good friends playing um, and this was like one, you know, it had been a while maybe since, since Blackman had played with them, mm-hmm. you know, at this performance. Um, since, yeah, since that Macon show, yep. uh, in November of 98. And so this is August of 2000. And then he played with them, uh, in October of 2000 in North Charleston. And that was the very last, uh, appearance by David Blackman. So this is, uh, the show was the second to last time that, uh, that they shared a stage. Um, and also a great, uh, another great segment from the earth will swallow you was from, uh, surrounding this show when they got, uh, got the guys from Bloodkin and David Blackman and JB to play into the show um, in that little um, uh, gazebo mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool so um, so anyway this is uh, August 6th 2000 um, we are uh, they start second set with uh, Casa del Grillo and Travel and Light and then uh, Danny and Eric come out and uh they play they dust a song off that they had not played since 1993 and uh that's what gets things going right here Brother, fellas we owe a great deal of our rock and roll upbringing to Danny Hutchinson Eric Carter from Blood Kid
August 6, 2000, from the Dixie Fairgrounds in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the Jomioki Jam is what they called. I remember a couple friends making the trip uh, to see these show, this show, and um, it was pretty cool. Definitely, not, you know, uh, a, a last-time plate of 871 shows was not something you got to see very often in, in the in 2000 so it was cool to see them bust out uh i love that song quarter tank is such a great song um is that and to me that and like end of the show are are the sort of like those are the songs that really have like danny's voice to me uh of the songs that panic plays i mean all the other ones do too but those two are really they're just so unique in the in the voice of the you know the narrator in the song this is a this whole show is really good. Um, I think one of my favorite, probably one of my top two or three shows from summer two thousand, and it's the the quarter tank the version of quarter tank on this I think is probably the best quarter tank that that Panic did, um, trading trading vocals and, and and just really a great version. Of course, Blackman um, comes in later on in the show too and uh, adds a lot to the adds a lot to it and with the with with the post drums and it's just a really it's just a t- like you said it's kind of a family reunion on, on stage um for this gig so we're uh, glad that we were able to share this one so we're gonna jump back in time again uh, i thought we promised we weren't gonna take the visitors backwards after the last episode but <laughs> we're, we're everybody was upside down after the last one you know we're um we're gonna go we're gonna go back to a really a kind of a legendary run, a uh, Halloween run of uh, 1995 um, at the Classic Center in Atlanta, or sorry, in Athens. Um, and the we're going to start off on the first night here with a, a song that, another Danny and Eric song that really has only been played, this has only been played about six times, not about, has been played six times by the band. And is another good one. It's just to me. It, I don't know if it's because I haven't heard them as much, but the some of the songs mm-hmm. that we're playing, I you know revisited them for the first time and in, in prepping and like the songs that of Danny and Eric's that they don't play that much are are all really good. I mean, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna get to uh, the, the the set from or this uh, the segment from Halloween to the next night. But this is this is really nice, really nice classic Panic right in the in, in the heart. Of, uh, of 1995 and then sitting in with Danny Eric in their, in their hometown show in Athens, GA. So let's get started October 30th, 1995.
couple has been married for a long time and been with us since before the beginning.
Tell my home, I got me nice and 
Danny and Eric, Mr. Warren right here. Thank you very much, members. All right, Widespread Panic, Halloween Run, 1995, October 30th in Athens, Georgia with Success Yourself with uh, the boys from Bloodkin. And then the next night on Halloween, um, right at the start of the second set, Can't Get High, and then the only version of a really stellar song that I wish Panic would play had played more often, Rot Gut, and then a really strong version of Henry Parsons Died. And then we close out that segment with... Um, Another segment from July 19th, 1997, which we which we touched on a few episodes ago from Mud Island Amphitheater in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, end of the show, a, 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 a Bloodkin classic, a Panic classic with uh, Danny and Eric and, of course, they're everybody's good friend Warren Haynes on slide guitar. Um, this is, uh, I'm going to put this sec- section of songs that we just played like up there against any other that we've done on this uh on this podcast um Whoa. strong words strong, uh, strong words. words but um i i absolutely love this segment from the halloween show the successor itself is great from october 30th because it is it's a cool song that we haven't heard much um and it's you know it's definitely got that blake and feel and then this uh i love rock gut i mean i would i every time i hear that song i'm just like oh why do they not play that all the time? Uh, so good. And then, um, and one of one, I feel like one of the better versions of Henry Parsons, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the build up at the end is really good. Um, and then, you know, maybe one of the best end of the shows ever, you know, just great. Um, great trading verses with, with Danny and JB and Warren just, you know, doing, doing Warren things. Um, uh, this is just, yeah, great, great segment. It worked out well. I like it. Yeah, I agree. I think this is probably my favorite version of end of the show. There's obviously some, you know, the ones where you actually, I was not in attendance for this one like you were, but, um, but it's, it's, it's really great. And I remember again, wax poetic about having these tapes for a long time, but it was sort of being such an Almond brothers freak at that time. And a mule freak that was, you know, hearing Warren on that song was pretty special and it's still great, obviously. So, well, just, and it's such a, you know, perfect cherry on top of a great, you know, two nights. And, uh, that was, that was cool. And that was, you know, it was one of those where it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know if Blakin was like playing in Memphis around that time, but it was like, you know, they weren't opening. They just like showed up, you know, which is like such a cool little treat. Um, that you just like, Oh, there's uh, Danny and Eric. Cool. Like they came up at the end of, uh, end of the first set for, uh, Henry Parsons and then come back out, uh, for the encore for, uh, end of the show so um yeah so i'm glad i'm glad we got those in that that worked out well maybe they just were in town they visited graceland and um made, you know made their pilgrimage to the bluff city <laughs> maybe they maybe maybe they went to the stacks museum <laughs> it wasn't open in 1997 okay so probably not <laughs> they would have gone to a vacant lot at that point in time um all right well move on to the last last segment from this episode and Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special moment for us here. I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna head out for a second. I'll be back. <laughs> Blue us tape. L- let me know when you're done. I will. Um, and we are actually going to play selections from 
beyond the Michael Hauser era of widespread panic. And I'm sure I'm sure the thousands listening to us every week have been asking themselves, when are they going to play something after? I don't think they have. I haven't actually heard anybody ask why we haven't, to be honest. Uh, July 2nd, 2002. And lo and behold, we have two selections for you tonight from the Jimmy Herring era. I guess that would be Panic 3.0 of, uh, of, um, of the band and going to start off in 2013 way out talking speaking of random places to meet up with danny and eric um gonna meet up with them in the second set out at the uh, idaho botanical gardens and for a very special version of a song called clap hands and then we'll close it i close out this portion of the show with a selection from the wood tour from 2012 at the belly up aspen and we'll close it out with True to my nature. I'm doing this under protest. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Daniel Hutchins, Mr. Eric Carter from Blood Kim. Of their time. On the way to Baltimore, you're on an out of time. Sound 
That was Widespread Panic in the Idaho Botanic Garden Botanical Gardens in uh, Boise, Idaho, July 10th, 2013, with the song Clap Hands, followed up by True to My Nature uh, from February 19th, uh, 2012. Um, both songs, I, I will, will be very, very honest with everybody. This is the first time I listened to the, the, these songs was preparing for, for the show this week, Harvey. How about you? I figured you had Dirty Side Down in your like main rotation of albums that you heard 
that you listen to driving to work every day. I own the album because my good friend and longtime uh, Panic uh, concert poster producer and artist uh, Mark Spoosted did the artwork for Dirty Side Down. So it is cool artwork. Um, but yes, I've uh, I, I guess I probably have heard it. Then it's just been a long time since I put the record on the turntable. And again, we're not trying to diminish. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Herring or anything like that. Speak for yourself. It's just it's 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 an, it's it's just something. It's part of the uh, the catalog that uh, we haven't quite gotten to yet. Here, I wouldn't I wouldn't like hold your breath waiting on it. But it, here's what I'll say: I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to play these songs. It, they fit well with this theme. Um, obviously, Clap Hands is a you know, Danny performs with them and then true to my nature, you know, written by Danny. So those, those fit, um, uh, you know, I'm, ha- I would, I'm happy to go see panic, you know, these days. Uh, I just, if I'm going to sit and listen to recorded widespread panic, it's just, I, I don't know why I would listen to anything after July 2nd, 2002, just because that's, you know, there's so much good stuff before then that I don't, you know, I don't have time in my day to listen to the rest, but that may be just a little, maybe a little hypercritical um, because I did actually enjoy, enjoy this. And, and I do like the, uh, I like the wood tour stuff. Um, there's, you know, there's some cool things they did uh, on the acoustic and um, Jimmy's, Jimmy's tone doesn't, doesn't stress me out on the acoustic. Cause I, I don't have to hear it. But um, yeah. So I'm glad we we finally, you know, burst that burst that balloon. I uh, now you don't have to, you know you can stop bugging me about playing stuff after 2002. That's okay. Well, we're going to have eventually we're going to play some George McConnell because I actually do like George McConnell. But um, whoa. <laughs> uh, did I just lose street cred with all of our listeners by saying that? Well, no. Just I'll send all your hate mail to Jeff. <laughs> um, no, I think um. I do like the fact that we've chosen to chosen a Danny and Eric themed episode to work out our, to work out our, our, our issues with, with panic uh, 2.0 and 3.0. And I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to it at, at some point in time. But I think um, overall this episode has shown really well, just how much, you know, the guys from blood can have contributed to, to widespread panic and their sound. Um, I'm excited because we got to play that selection from, uh, August 6, 2000. If y'all haven't heard that whole show, go check it out. It's 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 fantastic. Um, great version of Quarter Tank. We got to sh- uh, play for everybody, and then as we kind of both both agreed, probably the better one of the better versions, if not the best version of uh, end of the show from from the Memphis show. So, any closing closing thoughts, Harvey? Um, no. I mean, I think you know uh, these guys obviously had a pretty significant influence, or you know, continue to. Um, I read uh, I read that quote from JB at the beginning of the show, and I've got one from Schools too. Um, and he's actually talking about uh, Dirty Side Down, and so he goes, uh, "We had a, a Vic song and a Danny Hutchins song on Dirty Side Down. That's when we started talking about the fact that we were covering a song from Vic and a song from Danny. So why shouldn't we do one from Jerry Joseph?" So those those are the three biggest songwriting influences in our band's life. Mm-hmm. So that school's right there saying that those three guys, and I, I, I mean, I think you can't really argue that those are the three songwriters that had the, the most influence on them. And um, so cool to, uh, 
to you know put shine a spotlight on on Bloodkin. And um, the other thing, the other sort of um, bit of trivia, you know that uh, that Bloodkin is one of uh, I guess one of four artists or bands that that have Panic songs named after them. Can you can you can you name those songs? Can I name those songs? No, Harvey, yes. I can't. I didn't know that it was going to be a test today. So, um, it's actually it's kind of a trick question because two bands are one song, and that's well, Love, Little Kin. Love Tractor is the name of one of them. Well, Love Tractor is one, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Little Kin, which is Little Women and Bloodkin. Oh uh, yeah, those two together make up Little Kin, and then the uh, the last one would be Junior, which is uh, Junior Kimbrough. So there's your trivia for the night. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was cool looking back. If you haven't, um, definitely do yourself a favor and listen to some Bloodkin uh, albums. Um, Out of State Plates is great. Um, Creeperweed is probably one of my favorite albums. Uh, Good Luck Charm is another one that's got uh, Quarter Tank and Can't Get High and End of the Show on there. Um and then uh, a more recent one from 2009, uh, Baby Day Told Us We Would Rise Again, is really good as well. So definitely check them out on, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever your streaming um, service of choice is, or you can just, you know, buy the CDs, I'm sure. All right, everybody. So thank you uh, for tuning in to this episode of the, of, of the Bluest Tape. Again, thanks to all of the support from, from you, the listener. Thanks to Ted and everybody with Everyday Companion for providing all the stats. Curtis and everybody over at Panic Stream. Um, hope you guys are checking out their site and, and donating when you can to help them out and for all the great things that they do. And just hope everybody's, you know, enjoying the fall so far. Hopefully it's not too hot, and I hope your football team is performing well. So until next week, we'll see you all in the bluest tape.